Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Happy Friday, everybody. It's always a happy Friday. Graphics good. Graphics good. Weather's good. Weather's good. It's actually sunny outside. It's not snowing. Wow. Where are we? Yet. It's Blair and Barker. It is Friday. Jays and Yankees tonight, 635, first pitch on uh, TV side. Uh, Ben Shulman, the Blue Jays uh, radio play-by-play voice, will join us uh, later on in the show this is like one of the used to be one of like the great days in spring training 635 late start you could do a story get to the park if you're a writer do a story on the dudes that aren't somebody who wasn't going to new york or going to the game then maybe drive up to tampa watch actually watch a game actually enjoy a game mm. not have to work are you up yet sweet i know you probably had some pops the night before? Oh, so, I'd be, I'd yeah, be yeah, yeah. No, I'd be at the you park by now. You would? Oh, yeah. Wow. Because this is like well, almost ain't nobody like, there now. So who would oh, you be there'll watching? Be, there'll be some guys getting, no, some guys will get in to do early work. I just, today is today is BS story day. Today is show up. Who's there? I'm going to talk to you mm. today and interview you today. Be a lot of good stories coming to that. Huh. But anyhow, uh, Garrett Cole pitching for the Yankees tonight. Chad Dallas going for the Blue Jays. The Jays five nothing losers to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not nah, the Pittsburgh. What if I got the? Do you know how many times I've misidentified teams as being the Pittsburgh Pirates this year? The Philadelphia Phillies. But I've I've. It's like the third time. Uh, does that mean that the Pirates are going to win the Central? Maybe I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, or does it just mean I'm old? Uh, probably the latter. I think that that probably the latter. I think you got. Uh, five nothing. The Jays. Not. It really doesn't matter who they lost or what the score. Or who they lost or what the score was yesterday. The uh, the guess. only story that matters is uh, Jose Barrios. Two innings, ran out his new cutter. Um, I didn't really see it. I mean, I I, I guess a he used it to bomb. I think like, uh, maybe a no, not bomb. Uh, uh, Alec Baum, wrong guy. Bryson Stott. I think he used it to uh, one time. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds like he's going to try and backdoor it to some left. He's going to try and steal some strikes with it. You know, in in sort of those front hip two seam counts, he'll throw that to maybe element of surprise, get some weak contact. I mean, I don't abuse it, don't show it too early, work on it, uh, side sessions, those kind of things. I, you know, don't go against what got you to be Jose Barrios, and I, I think that's sort of where he's at with it. It's, you know, I, I don't know really what to think of that because he's really good now. And if you start adding things that, you know, that you would throw other pitches in those counts, you got to be make sure that, you know, your misses are really good. Make sure who you're throwing it to. That way, if you throw it down the middle, it ain't a three-run homer instead of an RBI single. And I think he's smart enough to, to be able to do that and work it in when he's supposed to work it in. 
you see anything else from him? Uh, Again, two innings. No, I, the rotation, look, I don't even think you pay any attention to that. I, I was about to the, say. The, the, i got to be honest with you. I'm going to raise my hand and say this. The offense is snooze fest. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's I, early. I, I know it's we're early. six games into this thing, six? but, man, a lot. Like how many at-bats have dudes had? How many at-bats have dudes had? Yo, know, Vladdy got a couple of hits uh, yeah. yesterday. But how many, how many, uh, do I have the, do I have the, uh, do I, have the uh, I just want to look at our stats because I, be I can't believe, I cannot believe, Holy moly, like, I cannot believe that you would go there already. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Right now, already. you know, God. predictability is a huge thing. We talk about that. We talk about that every Bo word Bichette and has parts nine, of the game. Bo, Bo Bichette has nine. Yeah, you, know has the most, you know who has the most at-bats in this team right now through spring training? This is why I can't even believe we are having this conversation. Who do you think has this, who do you think has uh, the most at bats right now? I, Kirk, Kevin Barker does. No, Cam Eden does. Why are we having this discussion? It doesn't literally. <laughs> yeah, nothing look, you, you know, have you seen know, so you far matters. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> okay. You you know why we we have this conversation this because you know no, it gets no, me pissed that's off. Not, that's not why. It's because well, I, everybody that matters that had down years last year have told us they've come. They are they're coming into camp the best shape they've ever been in. And now and now you hear that coaches, coaches are going to to home fields. You know where they were living in the off season and we were getting to the nuts and bolts and what we were doing wrong. Yeah, that's I, you know just occasionally you'd like to see simplified. Get a fastball and a two zero count down the middle. Not just yourself hit that thing to the moon no matter what game it is that's all i cannot that's it i, I but maybe i'm, you, a, maybe I'm asking a little too much are you serious yeah like are you just I mean, doing this friday. to get a rise from me uh, it's friday but i'll tell you like it's and i and i'm sure if you walked up some hitting coaches they'd say the same I, let, thing let me that i'm saying let me tell you this everybody in this camp is in the best shape of their life and you know what they're doing when yeah. they go to the plate they're facing a guy in another team who's yeah, in the best throws, shape of his throws, life. He Come a, on. He throws a fastball down the middle just like everybody Come else on. does. That's Everybody else does. You're better than that. You're better than that. Actually, you know, you know what I'm better than? That I, I talk to people that are on the team, around the team. And they're worried. The same, not and they're worried. worried. Worried's not the right word man I mean, if that's the case then i mean it's it's then i might pick them for last place if they're if they're worried already oh, you, 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 if they're worried already well, you, well, you've been looking for a reason to do that i haven't i mean we've been talking about that for about three weeks now if they're worried huh? already good lord I, you know what it is too i i think what the adjustments that you've made in the off season you'd like to see that you know I, show I up when it matters right. the most but it like, doesn't matter the most now it doesn't no it, 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 what you doesn't matter now. So why play? Well, that's a good question. We can have a discussion about why we're even playing these games. And I, you know, it's up to me. You don't play grapefruit league games. You just have dudes in 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 labs. It really working is on amazing stuff. that that I'm sure they still have that labs. And you know, I'm sure they have a traveling lab. I'm sure that lab will be in Tampa tonight, right? Um, trying trying to make sure that dudes are doing mechanical all right now tonight that they're supposed to do tonight you're facing garrett cole uh tonight oh, you're facing garrett cole oh nobody and if garrett cole oh, you think garrett if, cole's gonna be fired up or not if garrett cole shuts them out for two innings oh that's happening <laughs> that's happening oh that's happening man you know that all right we uh <laughs> i promised the uh listeners and the viewers that every friday uh, we would we would uh take their calls their comments their questions so we're going to do that. Mm. Uh, the back leg line, 416-413-3959. Uh, we brought in people today, three or four people, especially to go through all the calls yeah. and uh, put together the best calls that we could uh, 
that, that we could find. And uh, we will do that every Friday. And even when we change time slots, we'll, stu- we'll, we'll still do it. So uh, I will notify you on, what's it called? X, whatever the hell it's called today. Uh, I will send out a notification on the social media sewer and let you know when we're soliciting calls. And you can call up. What? <laughs> I can't believe it's that easy to get you fired up. No, was, today really I can't. came in like I, you just... Were chapped, you, like you were in a weird I'm mood. Chapped. Oh, I'm in a bad mood. Well, you're in a weird mood for some reason. Look how nice it is outside. Like, F1 starts this weekend and I think Alpine's you might be the only one that cares about that. But the weather's nice. Like, like there's My some things gonna to be happy stink. about. Which team? Alpine. <laughs> They're going to stink. It's going to be awful. Anyhow. 416-413-3959. Back league line. Ben Shulman. Yeah. He'll join us at 1130. He'll lighten the mood. Oh, the mood's light. No, you came in. No, no, the mood's light. I just, I think there's... <laughs> I think there's some room for improvement. Last place. <laughs> they're not hitting. That's what I think. They're not hitting. That's what I, I think. I think it's time, no, frankly. I think their rotation is unbelievably good. Early on, I'm uh, not impressed with Don Mattingly as the hitting, as the offensive coordinator. I think it might be time to move on from him. I'm just following your lead. This never would have happened if Dave Hudgens was still That's around. That's a great point. 416 413 395. Now, let's go to the back leg line. Luke from Sudbury. Just wondering. Uh... Who's going to be the fourth outfielder with Kiermaier and the other outfielders needing so many days off? When he's days off, who, who's going to be the fourth outfielder? Schneider? It really doesn't work for me. Just wondering if you guys have any thoughts. Thanks. Yeah, that's a, an interesting point, Kev. Kevo, I will turn it over to you. Yeah, of course I'm sure it's somebody who's well, going to be well, 0 for I, 19 I, in spring I, training. I would but... have, I would have, well, I, I, you got to think about your options. Would it be Cam Eden? Nope. Would yeah. it be Addison Barger? I uh, I mean, maybe I, Nathan Lucas. I probably not. You were thinking it probably uh, Isaiah kind of Falefa or Kevin Biggio. You know, you you put uh, say you put Dalton Varsho in center. You know, IKF could play left. Kevin Biggio could play left or right. Like you could move some big leaguers around. Don't you think that you're putting the best offensive yeah. team on the field that you could? I just don't know the depth when it comes to the outfield. From the minor leaguers warrants a, you know, just a, a, a complete moving around of that when you already got, you know, IKF's going to play a big, a big part in the outfield somewhere. I know he's going to play some third. He'll probably open the season if they don't bring in Chapman or go out and get somebody else that can play first or third base every single day. So he'll play a little bit of third, but I'm assuming that's the way Doesn't it'll be, it- right, is... If Davis Schneider makes the team, and I'm probably the only one's raising the hand right now, he ain't on it. But you would think that that's probably the way it's going to go. Is it ain't going to be a minor leaguer? It'll be somebody that's already established that don't they're just going to mix in out there. Don't you think it depends on how? It, to me, it depends on what they decide to do at second base and 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 the infield too, more than anything else. That will be that will decide who your yeah. I'm I sti- think who your extra who I'm, your extra outfielders. I'm still not sure why everybody's just glossing over Santiago Espinal. Like I because I mean, we de- saw de- it, defensively, he's not an everyday player. He's not going to play every day, but when he does play a little, yeah, but I mean, he's not going to be in the outfield. I know you said the second baseball, which would give them an opportunity to move Kevin Biggio around uh, where they a, want to possible. against righties. No, that it, kind that, of thing. That's entirely. That's all I'm that's saying. I mean, possible. I, I don't know what they feel about Addison Barger. Like I look, I if he's hitting, okay, but 
Would he be the guy that would give somebody a day off to DH or Addison Barger? Really, thing, right? you're probably only going to play him, and he's not going to play center field for you. So he's probably going to play right field. No, that'll left. be the Varsho thing. I, but I Dalton Varsho is going to play. Right. I would like to see. I'd like to see Addison Barger start the year in AAA and just play every day and just. You know, he he's a guy I want up. If if you're going to bring him up, bring him up when he's hot. Bring him up when he's on a roll. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Fourth outfielder. Um, it's a solid question. I, I, I would think that they're, you know, because of of who is playing every day or trying to. You got to think about it, right? Because KK he's a year older. I mean, he he runs through walls to try and catch baseball. Sooner or later, it's gonna. Something probably is not going to go right, and they're going to have to maneuver and then put a guy in left field right. because Varsho's moved over. Like they're going to have to maneuver look, the things. You're going to be Springer. At- what do you look? How do you keep him on the field to try and have thirty and ninety? So, you know, there's there's some things there, but I do think they have enough big leaguers that they can move some people around and fill in the blanks good enough that offensively. Because I don't know about you. Well, options, but, but it ain't about preventing runs this just year. Hang on, but options also figure into this again. Ernie Clement. We know the organization likes him. He's out of options. There are a whole bunch of things that are going to have to factor in here. And the other thing, we haven't even mentioned this. There are some really good fourth outfield types who are still out on the market. Sure. And you know what? April 1st rolls around. They're not going to be asking for three-year contracts at, at $20 million a year. No. So um, let's see where it goes. But it is, but it is a good question. It, it, it is. Right now, I think it depends on on who gets... The infield spots. I'm with Kevin. Uh, I know Kevin Biggio hasn't played yet. He's got a shoulder injury. Uh, I don't even know if you'd call it a shoulder injury or shoulder Tenonitis, issue. Yeah, we're led to believe he's taking batting practice. We'll probably see him in next week. Yeah, uh, he's on the team. So there's to me your your super utility guy who is going to get uh, a lot of time in the outfield, and that answers that question. Uh, you know, Dave. Ed, I'm kind of with you on Davis Schneider. Um, I, I, we've talked to, look, I can give you credit because you were the guy, you saw Ernie Clement, Clement play twice. And you said, you know what? This is the guy you want in the team because you can set him on the bench for three days. Yeah. He's going to go up. He's going to give you a decent at bat. He's going to make the plays in the infield. Mm-hmm. And he's at that stage of his career where he's probably knows how to, how to handle that situation. I really like him. I do too. I like him because he really like him. I think his primary position is shortstop. That's a big deal. And and offensively, he can handle the bat. Again, they, you know, every guy on their team is not going to hit 30 homers. They need the guy that can move a guy over with a nobody out and a runner on yeah. second to turn it over as, the top of the order so they can run into one and yeah, hit a two-run homer and make George, it easier that way. As long as it isn't George Springer doing that. You want your any, you you want your bench guys to be able to to do a little bit for you. Um, but anyhow, that's, that is a good question. It is, it is. And, I, and I would also remind people again. You know, look at C.J. Cron. He's not enough for it, but he just signed. There, there are there's. I think Adam Duvall still out there. I mean, there are dudes yeah. out there. Yeah, I think for me anyway, I think the fourth outfielder's on the team already. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Yeah. John in North York. I've got a hypothetical. I love for you. It's probably never going to happen, and it seems like a silly idea. However. How about Vladdy for Pete Alonso? There's your power hitter right there. I'd like it. And that would that can you plug or see Alonso being plugged into this lineup? Ooh. There you it would be great. Anyways, that's my comment. Yeah, you got you know that whether or not he stinks or he's really good, you've got Vladdy for two more years minimum. Pete Alonso. I just I can't 
I cannot believe the Mets aren't going to sign Pete Alonso to an extension this year. I, I just... How come they haven't done it already? Well, I think, you know, they've got a new GM in. Um, it's just, it's a weird organization, but you're, I don't think you can let Pete 50 Alonso and a, 50 and 100 don't grow on trees. No. I said it, 50 and 100. No, he... he uh, Absolutely. I, look, I, I think you're to the point now with Vladdy, it's, it's the rubbers met the road. Like, it's just... As much as I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I, you know me, I've been the, I've been real stubborn yeah, about the Vladdy thing. But man, it's it's like it is it is just consistently what you don't <laughs> see from Vladdy. It's just head scratching, and I don't understand it. And I think it's time now. He's been around long enough. Twenty four is not an excuse anymore. I just I look. I think if you could go out and find a better option, and it would include getting rid of Vladdy. Uh, he, I, I think we're at the uh, we're at the point now with two years left. If you, and I'm not even, I can't even believe, I don't even really want to have this conversation, but we've, we've kind of, we touched on it a bit because at some point it may become a talking point. Uh, and, and keep in mind that, you know, I, I, I've so many people say to me, Jeff, they, they were willing to offer Shohei Otani that money. Why didn't they just take that money and sign Vladdy and Bo? Because I got to tell you, Shohei Otani was, that wasn't entirely, let me finish. That wasn't entirely a baseball decision. That was more of a bit. There were as many business people involved in that pitch than there are uh, than there were baseball people. I'm going to be honest here. You can make a better case for giving Shohei Otani seven hundred million dollars than you can for giving Vladdy three hundred and fifty million. You just can't. You just can't. Yeah, I just don't know. You, you got to ask yourself: If you were the owner of the Toronto Blue Jays, would it make business sense? With the way you've seen Vladdy hit the last couple years, to drop that amount of money on him, yeah. So, right, but but I just I I threw that out there because you know people have made that. I can just tell you the money and the money that was there for Shohei Otani is not there for anybody else. I mean, we had David Sampson on the other day talking about special money, right? The money for Shohei Otani that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. That's gone. Yeah, that's poof, gone. Doesn't exist anymore. We're back to the Blue Jays operating with a 100 and whatever it is million dollar payroll or 200 and whatever is million dollar payroll. It just is. The money doesn't exist anymore. Mm. So just you know, move on from that. What I'm saying, though, about Vladdy, we're at the point now with Vladdy, with two years left. If you were to entertain the possibility of trading Vladdy, you have to do something, get something in return that is going to keep your window of opportun yeah. opportunity open. What does that mean? Yeah. That means getting somebody younger than Vladdy. Mm. It means getting somebody you're going to have for three or four years as opposed to two years. I know what I do. Mm. When the Padres get off to a bad start, I'm calling the Padres trying to get Fernando Tatis yeah. Jr. That, that's me. I, it'll never happen probably. No. But well, he'd look nice in this in this uni and, and in the lineup. Speaking of Vladdy, Ray and Windsor wanted to uh, weigh in on Vladdy. I'm looking for your unvarnished take on the two most talked about players this spring. For me, I see this as a make or break year for their staying with the Jays. For Vladdy, I've yet to be convinced that he is as good as he seems to think he is. The stats in his first season were skewed by playing in minor league parks. I disagree. He doesn't give the impression that he is as serious that. as some others not. to consistently improve. To me, he doesn't seem to have that inherent drive like, so say, Bobichet. As for Manoa, with all his early success and so attention on and off the field, in my opinion, it fostered a narrative in his own mind that left him unprepared physically and mentally coming into the following season. It showed when his false bravado quickly fell apart. Thanks, guys. I listen to you daily. Thanks, Ray. I, I think Ray put a little effort into that. I, I, I think Ray I, did. I, I like that. You should take a note from him. Look. <laughs> 
Uh, look, uh, did 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 the ballpark in in uh, in Buffalo <clears throat> and Dunedin help yes. Vladdy middle the other way? Probably. Yeah. Did it help him consistently be on time on the fastball? Absolutely not. Like the, those are two way two different things. Did the home run numbers go up? However many because of the couple of parks that he played in I, I guess I guess you could I'd have to go back and look at how many homers he had to right center in Dunedin that that's the one thing it looked to me like and I'm gonna be the first one to raise that the people that I've talked to is the difference in the hitting coaches when Dante Bichette was there in Buffalo boy the timing you looked at the entire team they had an identity they walked to the plate, and it was get it down and get it singing on velocity. Start there. Everything else will take care of itself. They were feared. Forget about the ballpark. They were feared. Marcus Simeon was dropping over 40. I was going to. And he was hitting like 36 of those off the heater. Can I just jump in for That's a minute the here? Difference. Can I jump in for a minute here? Did we underestimate Marcus Simeon? Like when Marcus Absolutely. Simeon left here I as a free agent, we kind of went, well, okay, we can see that. We, yeah, we can see that. Good on but I think we really underestimated Marcus Simeon. And we had people in the t- we had players in the team tell us that. Yeah, look, it's very easy to say that because of what the Blue Jays have not done. You know, we could underestimate Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And you you take away those three dudes mm. in your order, and then you have a bunch of guys that are trying to fill in the blanks for that. Yeah, it's a lot to ask. And you're putting all the pressure on one guy at first that, quite frankly, is maybe not capable of doing it. So, yeah, look, I, I, I have, I mean, I, I hopefully raised what listening to the show because I've been the first guy, and it's yeah. been tough on both of these. And you're the person that says the Manoa starts mean absolutely nothing. And man, can I disagree more with that? I, there, look, I, <laughs> I mean, if no, it's not like that you got to see a step forward it's, it's next start. It's not that they don't mean anything. It's that if he isn't, if he isn't that good, he goes down to AAA. He's a fifth starter. Hey, he's your fifth starter. Yeah, but the reality yeah. is because of what they're no, not doing offensively, they're a much better team with him in the rotation. Well, so not it may not be pitch, as, not as, as a quick well. and easy move to do that. That's the point, right? And everybody else they have will, will fit in easier. Absolutely. Fifth but he's, it's, he's better when he's in there being fifth the fifth starter. guy. He is because yeah. giving them innings. So you can use the other guys in the bullpen the way you want to use them. Anyhow. Uh, we, you know, we, we are led to believe that the Jays talk to, I mean, I keep hearing this. I don't, that the Jays talk to teams about Alec Manoa. Why? You're not going to be trading well, the guy at his maximum. Give, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I can see now if you're working on a multiplayer deal or something like that yeah. and somebody uh, says, we'll you know what, him, we'll man. take, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, the Vladdy question is something we're going to be asked. I know we're going to be asked all year long. Um, and, well, and, and I'll just say this. You know, it's not just simply a matter of ownership stepping up and paying Vladdy. Because ownership is showing they'll step up. I mean, ownership is over. This team is overpaid for basically everything. So it's not like they're afraid to spend money. And I mean that we know the whole deal with Toronto. You got overpaid to get players yeah. up here. They've done it. Like, when is the last time you have heard a Blue Jays general manager bitch about payroll the way J.P. Richard did. And they don't. <laughs> yeah. Because there's nothing That's to complain fair. about. Absolutely. Because you're getting what you want. Yeah. So, um, 
The, the only, there's, there's, the when only you, when one you get to this point, there's an, there's an element of well, shared risk. Well, Vladdy's got to, if, if Vladdy wants up. a long, but if Vladdy wants yeah. a long term contract, I mean, he's got. It, there's two sides to this thing here. There's there's two sides to this thing here. Same thing with Bo. Well, I think there's two sides it. of this. Thing. I think Vladdy wants it. It's just that there's a lot of unknowns. It's the next. He wants the next tier money. Yeah, he's and not he a next tier player. Put up the next tier numbers. Nope. That's the thing, right? No, he's. You're right. Simon in Australia. Let's go down under. Good day, Kevin and Jeff. It's Good day, mate. Australia here. I hear uh, Kevin speak on the radio quite regularly. Oh, he's a top 10 player. He's a top 10 player in baseball. I'm certain there's about 15 to 20 names on that list. I'm wondering whether you can give a definitive top 10 players in baseball list in the lead up to the Ooh, 2024 I love season. This. Mm. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the show. That's okay. awesome. Thank you, Simon. I'm Thanks, gonna, Simon. Can I guess your list? Uh, sure, you can try. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to go number one, Aaron Judge. And I've not seen Kevin's list. Yeah, that's right. Number one, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Number two, Juan Soto. No, not even close. Okay, well, let me see. Well, you do yours and I'll okay. do mine. Uh, I would go Otani, too. That's just me. Um, you got Soto on your list. Yeah. You went in order. See, I can't go in order. My brain isn't wired that way. Soda would be in the list. Please tell me you don't have Mike Trout on there anymore. Just do your list. Well, I didn't. I, did you Judge Otani. You yeah. want me to do my Judge list Judge Otani, Soto. Rutschman's on my list. He's not number 10. Oh, gosh. He's not number 10, but Rutschman's on my list. Seeger's on my list. Jordan Alvarez is on my list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um... God, I'm missing somebody, obviously. Okay, let me do my Yeah, list. you do yours. Okay, n- number one, I have Judge. Number yeah. two, I have Mookie Betts. Number three, uh, I have Ron- Ronald Acuna Jr. Number four, That's I have it. Freddie Freeman. Mm. Number five, Four's I have Juan Freeman? Soto. Number six, I have Otani. Number mm. seven, I have Jordan Alvarez. Uh-huh. Number eight, I have Corey Seager. Right. Just because of health issues, yep. I wanted to put him in the top five. But I can't do that because this year I'm thinking to myself, can he play 100 games? Huh? Okay. So that's why I put Juan Soto in top five. Number nine, I have Julio Rodriguez. I think 30, 30, 30, and 100 don't grow on trees. Now, number 10, I have four different guys. Okay. okay. I have Kyle Tucker as my number 10 guy because I get back to that 30, 30, 100. Doesn't grow on trees. This is my list. This is... It's sort of that predictability thing. All right. Okay, why the Astros so good? Because basically, they're predictable. I can write their names in the lineup, and I basically can tell you what their numbers are going to look like if they play this amount of games at the end of the season. And if they do that, my team's going to ultimately go where I want it to go. So I got Tucker at 10, and then I also have Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatis Jr., Mike Trout. Obviously Mike Trout because he doesn't play a ton of games, but when he does play, nobody can argue how good he is. Bryce Harper, look, it is that me against the world, I'm way better than you, and I play with Bryce. He had that when he was 18. He's got that now. I'm putting Bryce in that. And Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm big on him. Okay, let's... Like, just tool-wise, he's probably got more tools than anybody else in that list. I mean, probably unless you throw in Ronald Acuna Jr. All right, you know what? That's my list. That's a good list. You noticed I didn't have a pitcher on there? Yeah, because we did... Well, they're not players. Okay, so let's try to put together a top 10. Combined top 10. A combined top 10. Number one, you you want Judge, number one. Over Acuna Jr.? Absolutely. Okay. The 2024 numbers. That's fine. Ask uh, yourself because now he has Soto 
protecting, which okay. would mean sometimes you can do it hitting in front of you. I have no on problem. On base, got to throw to him now. You know, home runs the same amount he always hits. Okay, judge. RBIs go way up. Now you're talking like show top ten. Oh, judge is number one. I yep. got okay. Number two, Mookie Betts, athlete playing second. Little, you know, a little easier on the body, more offensive minded now because of the position he's playing every single day. Where he's hitting in that order is just that's crazy stuff. So yeah, Mookie Betts, number three, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. Just because he's on the Braves, he's leading off. You're putting yeah, Otani. You're putting Otani where? Otani's sixth in my list. He's not in the top five. Okay. So Acuna, just Acuna Jr. Freeman. Freddie Freeman's fourth. Fifth is Juan Soto. Juan Soto's hitting in front of yep. Judge. That's sixth protecting. Is, sixth is Otani. Six is Otani. Seven is Jordan Alvarez yep. for obvious reasons. Eight is Corey Seager. Health. I wanted to put him in the top five. Yep. I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable doing it. Nine's Julio Rodriguez. Yep. Plays center. He thinks he's ten, good. He is four. good. And ten is Corey, but I'm going to start with Tucker. Okay, show top ten. I, I agree. Well, I'll go with you and Judge. Uh, I would put Otani second. Um, I would put Acuna third. I'd put Betts fourth. I'd put Soto fifth. I'd put Freeman sixth. I'm with you on Alvarez. I got to put Adley Rutschman up there. Catcher. Um, good offensive player. Seager as well. He may not be in well. the top 20. Oh, Seager as well. And I, I mean, J-Rod, and then you get the body. See, I just don't, I don't think Mike Trout's a top 10 player. I, I just don't. I don't think he's the a top on, 10 the player. On, the only reason you're saying that is because of He never health. plays. Yeah. Same thing as Corey Seager. <clears throat> he doesn't play. He, But, I mean, he never plays. Last Bryce impression. Har Bryce Harper, top 10? He's he's No, because I have Tucker in there. Yeah. But Bryce is, well, again, you got a, a lot goes into where he's trying to do it. The, the market that he does it in. Doing it in Philly and doing it in Houston is two okay. different things. Our like boy, doing it in Yankee Stadium and everywhere Mark, else. Our producer Mark. Two different our things. producer Mark Boffo wants to make a case for Matt Olson. It's a pretty good shout. Top ten is strong though. Like the, I, I get, yeah. I mean, again, this is top five. I think is pretty easy. Yeah, when it you comes can to the fiddle, names. You can fiddle with the order, but the names are six through ten, and say yeah. six through thirteen. I mean, you can throw the name in there any way you want to. You throw want me in over there. and judge. Especially with Soto hitting in front of him. You won me over. Last year, I would have said Otani, number one, but you won me over and judged with. I well, just, you could I say Otani last year because he's a pitcher and a hitter. Otani just being a hitter, Judge will bring my eyes more to the table than Otani yeah. will. That's an interesting That's list. It's an interesting list. It's fun. it's fun to make up. It's I think one through nine, in my mind anyways, obvious. 10th, say, through 15. That's when you get into personal preferences. You're getting that, right? into what are you looking for? Yep. Who do you like? What team do you want to root for? What positions do you watch the most? You wouldn't like, put, do you bring in, you know, throwing arm? And you wouldn't put Rushman top 20. And, I wouldn't. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, ben Shulman is a Blue Jays radio play-by-play -play voice on Sportsnet. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker for a Friday on Sportsnet 590. The Fan and Sportsnet. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Parker asked an interesting question. We're going to deal with it. Uh, we'll ask our next guest about it. 
but we won't ask him about it right out of the way, uh, out of the gate. Hmm. Maybe I should give him a hint. Like, can I pre-ask? Let's find out. Ben Shulman, Blue Jays voice. Ask Ben. He'll have a good answer Odd for sports you. Yeah, yeah. Joins us. Ben, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks so much. You guys uh, You guys have piqued my interest. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to come on, but what's, what's up? Okay, I'm going to throw this out, and then don't answer it, because I'll get back to it later. But Barker and I okay. have been going back and forth about this on, on just texting each other. Barker, and I'm kind of with him. Barker wants to know what the Jays' offensive identity is. Okay, I'm just going to plant that seed. Put it aside for a minute, and then we'll ask you, like, easier questions. And then you can come back to that. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Thank you. I always like asking folks who have been down in spring training for a period of time a very simple question, whether they're broadcasters, executives. What, what's the most impressive thing you've seen so far this spring? Mm. It can be visiting player, uh, sorry, opposing player. It can be Jays player. Like the one thing that if you had to put together a top 10 list of stuff that really impressed you this spring, what would be number one? Oh, uh, there, there are definitely a lot of options. Uh, I mean, we did get to see Juan Soto in his Yankees debut, and I, and I find him to be incredibly impressive every time I see him. Mm-hmm. Um, the most impressive thing I've seen so far in the spring, though, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll circle one play because uh, Shai Davidi and I talked about it a bit. Alan Roden in that same game against the Yankees hit a two-strike pitch that looked like it was down a little bit out of the zone, and he reached down uh, on, I believe this was Sunday, and somehow hit it for a bases-clearing double the opposite way into the left-center field gap. Um, and I, I could not believe that, that that pitch carried that far. I thought he was blooping a single in the left center, uh, and that ball just kept going and going and going and landed up, up right in front of the track and bounced to the wall, I think. So that's up there, but I'll, I, I would say that Juan Soto and Tamar Johnson, the, uh, the fourth overall pick recently for Pittsburgh, mm. hitting homers off uh, Cabrera and Garcia, two major league relievers. Those are, are a couple close seconds and thirds. Awesome. Roden is an interesting guy, isn't he? Because we hear a lot about Elvis Martinez and Ricky Tiedemann in the, in the organization. He's a guy who was kind of very quietly climbed up the ladder. You know, you, you, you look a lot of places like fan graphs or MLB pipeline. When they put together their lists, you notice this guy's name. And, and I, and I, you, you made an interesting point. I thought during, during your call yesterday about Alan, about Alan Roden and, and, and the fact that here's a guy and I don't know if he's going to make the team, but I mean, he, at some point it wouldn't, let's put it this way. At some point in the next two years, it shouldn't shock people if you see him having an at-bat in the majors. And I'll leave it at that. For sure. But this is a guy who had a lot of success in the minors last year after changing his swing. Then he gets up here. And as you, you talked about yesterday, and I found this really interesting. So he gets up here after the type of minor league season every minor leaguer wants to have. And one of the first things they tell him is, congratulations, thanks for coming. We love you. We want you to do this differently. We want you to lower your hands. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know, because you, you almost don't want to mess with something that's good. I think that's a lot of people's inclination. Uh, and obviously, the numbers speak for themselves last year. I mean, the guy hit about 320 in between uh, high A and double A and, and got on base a ton and hit a ton of doubles. But I think they think that there's just, you know, more he can get out of his bat. And, and that's more singles into doubles. I think that's a, a few more homers, but I also just think they think he'll be quicker to the ball. Like his, his traditional swing was pretty unorthodox last year. Uh, so it's, it, it's, 
it's been interesting to see so far because he hasn't hit for a ton of contact in the spring, but he has hit for power. It's also the spring and it's limited opportunities. Uh, but the one thing that everyone seems to like about this guy is uh, that he's one of the smartest guys out there, that he's someone that really adjusts well and understands things. So I think that's what gives them a lot of the confidence to take a guy who's playing well and still tinker with it. Ben, is there a – when you walk to different stations, there's stations everywhere, right? Every every little group is doing their own little thing. Is there one specific thing that you're hearing that they're trying to hone in on to get off to a good start in their season, whatever that is? It could be offensively, defensively, running the bases, attention to detail. Please don't say that. They say that all the time. This, a, this, yeah. is a, yeah, this is a big league team. They should know how to do – Please don't mention things. the word process because there is yeah. a $5,000 fine it's for a, mentioning the word a, process yeah, Show. Those are cuss words on this on this show. Is it is there some little thing that stands out to you that's sort of being honed in on that could help them get off to a good start? Yeah, I, I think the one thing, specifically from the offensive side, because they're certainly trying to get better pitching. They're certainly trying to defend better, uh, but they did that at a very high level last year. So I, w- I wouldn't say that that's the loudest thing you hear around camp. But from the offensive side. I think what they want to do, and, and again, this is the thing that everyone wants to do, and this is kind of the tough thing about spring, but they want to, to string at-bats together uh, is, is a big thing that they want to do. They don't want people to go up there, uh, you know, just thinking about themselves or not understanding the situation. They have, you know, they, they are a team, even though it's nine individual guys hitting at different times. And so it does feel like stringing at bats together has been a big focus for them because I don't want to spoil the identity thing too early, but I still don't think they're going to be a team that hits home runs like they did in 21 or 22. I I don't see why they would return to that form, even if they hit more homers than they did the year before. So they need, whether it's, you know, if you're going to pop out, then it's on nine pitches. It's not swinging at a pitch down and away right when you, you know, see the first pitch of the at bat, or it's, you know, it's the simple stuff. It's, Hey, maybe if there's a guy on second base and there's nobody out, focus on the outer half of the plate and, and, and try and make sure that you move that guy over. It, it is a lot of simple stuff at the end of the day, uh, but, it, but it feels like one of the big Don Mattingly things is playing team offense, and so I think that's been a big part of it. All right, you opened the door to the offensive identity, which I greatly <laughs> appreciate because I do have, sometimes have a habit of forgetting to revisit questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I heard your answer, and I'm kind of with you in that. That seems to be this team's offensive identity is pitching and defense, isn't it? Really? I, I think, yeah, I, I think the one thing they're going to try to hang their hat on a lot, I, I do think they'll hit more home runs just because I, I think Vlad will probably hit a few more home runs than he did last year. If Bo's healthier, I think he will. I, I lean that George and, and Kirk and some of the other guys might too. I, I think the the thing that I can pick out from the first four, five, six guys, depending on how they line it up, I do think when they're going right, Springer is a, is a tough out. He's going to foul off a lot of pitches. I think Bo can foul off pretty much any pitch within like a foot of the strike zone. Vladdy's a tough guy to pitch to in a multitude of ways. Turner, like Brandon Belt, has long plate appearances, but it's less taking pitches and more fouling off pitches. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin Turner just does not let you get out of that bat. And then I don't know exactly who they would line up after that, but you know, Kevin Biggio has typically been a guy that's going to make you work pretty hard, especially in the back half of last season. Uh, to try and get you out. And, and Alejandro Kirk, when he's right, small strike zone, high contact skills. So I think if, if things are going to go right for them on the offensive side, it, it's going to take pitchers a lot of pitches. They're going to try and get into bullpens early. I think that's something they didn't do a ton last year. Um, but if they can get 
you know, into bullpens early and bank wins in game three of a series because they've taxed your bullpen in games one and two. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, maybe one, one of it, or if not both of those games, one and two also, I, I think that's the thing that, that it seems like they're trying to hang their hat on. That's, that's my, opinion, at least from the outside. Ben, I know it's early. Any idea who the fourth outfielder will be and who platoons at second? We do think it's, Probably Kevin Biggio against righties. Who gets some lefty at bats and plays second, and who is the fourth outfielder? Yeah, it's a it's a tough question. I almost think the fourth outfielder is divided in half a little bit. Um, if George Springer is is DHing because he's going to need some DH days, I think Biggio is the right fielder most of the time. Uh, but when you're talking about a lefty in, and you're probably going to take one of uh, Kiermaier or Varsho out. Right now, I lean that they would bump Kiner Falefa out there. Uh, he played a lot of outfield for the Yankees last year. He even played center field, but played in the corners as well. Uh, and they've talked about getting him some time in left. I, and, and I am very confident he'll be on the team. So he's, he's kind of, I think, the left fielder right now. Whether you take Kiermaier or Varsho out, the other one's going to play center. So that's probably not much of an issue. Uh, so I think that's the outfield situation. The infield is a bit of a mess to try and predict. Um, you know, I, I think... Right now, I'd say I, I I feel I feel pretty solid about about Davis Schneider being the mm. platoon at second base. Um, you know, it it could be uh, Espinal, it could be Clement. Espinal also might still be you know with the club on the team if Davis Schneider is a second baseman. Uh, Davis Schneider is not a shortstop, so they do need someone else to play short uh, potentially, or if. If IKF is playing short because Bo is out, then they need someone to play third, which could be Espinal. So uh, I, I think that it's really tough right now. But if I had to lean anywhere, I I, I feel okay about saying uh, Biggio and, and Schneider, and then I think Biggio and Kyron Falefa do a lot of the work in the corners. Mm-hmm. But there's you know between Clement, Eduardo Escobar, uh, Espinal, it, it is a little bit hard to try and and get through everything right now and figure out exactly what they're going to do. Ben, we know that the Jays, when it comes to Alec Manoa, have a pretty clear checklist. And that checklist doesn't, at least I, I mean, Barker's going to disagree with me, but it seems as if the checklist doesn't necessarily include results. And what by that I mean, by that I mean is it's spring training, they're interested, is he hitting these targets, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what's your read on what they, you know, they realistically think they are going to get from Alec Manoa. He's clearly not going to be the opening day starter. Are they just looking at him as a guy who will be in the rotation and that's it? I think for this season, if, if he is a a regular member of the rotation, uh, you know, let's say, and this is partly my opinion and partly things I've heard. And, you know, if, if he's in the rotation regularly, he can start every five days pitch, you know, five innings. Like he doesn't have to be the seven, eight inning horse that he was a couple of years ago right now. And if they can go through the season and have a normal year, I do think overall that would be a success. He still is a very young guy. And I think there's, there's probably some time everyone feels that if they can just get him right for this season as a major leaguer, then they can try and get back to that dominant stuff next year uh, or, or going forward. I mean, Hey, if he comes out and he's dominant, they would be happy about it, sure. but it's a, it's a, it's a tough situation to read. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to know because they have a lot more pitching depth than they did last year. Uh, they probably wouldn't have to go down to four starters. If one of their starters had something happen or needed to go down or something like that. I think there's a lot more confidence in about Francis 
than there was last season when they didn't really know uh, what what he was and, and what he could do as a as a reliever or a starter at the major league level. So he's he's an interesting guy, I think, to like frame expectations for right now. But I think if he can just get you know if he can make twenty seven starts or twenty eight starts or whatever it is. And if his ERA was four and a half or something like that, I, personally, I, I would say that that's a pretty good success and you can build on that going forward. And I would agree, uh, Kevin was saying, they, if, if I'm understanding correctly, that they don't care too much about results. I do think right now that that's probably true and true in the same way that like if he had gone out and, and looked phenomenal and struck out every single guy that he faced in his first start, I don't think that they would have thought he was going to go back and challenge for the Cy Young again either. I think it's just, it's it's too early and there's too much weird stuff with how people play spring training uh, that it's hard at least for one start for them to to play too much into the results and really good stuff my friend thanks for doing this thanks buddy of course thanks for having me take care ben shulman blue jays radio voice on sportsnet and the games will be on the radio this weekend tonight they're on tv and i think it's on streaming as well there's there's some there's some love for davis snyder i mean it it sounds like there's some love for mitch white because they saw ninety eight once or twice in a in a simulated game on, and a, you know on what? field but, twelve. But you know, like there's some lo- you know there's some love there that sometimes I think will make you scratch your head a little bit. But but you know there's look also at some fill in the blanks. I think there's there also there's also some politics there in that he is a guy you traded for, he is a guy you kept last year. Uh, clearly, when you trade for a guy, there are people in the organization who must think. You know, let's put it this way. He's going to, Mitch White's going to have a longer leash than a lot of other guys would get. Um, and I, I, that frankly doesn't, that doesn't necessarily come as a surprise to me. Mm. Even though this organization has shown in the past, they will move on from guys. And they'll, if they have to, they'll swallow some money to do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the offensive identity question. See, I don't, to me, offensive identity is, I, I, anytime people talk about identity, I, I, I get frustrated because to me, that's like, that's a hockey thing. What's your identity as a team? Well, we're tough and we're hard to play against. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um, Do you have a lineup full of guys that can hit a fastball? Do you have a lineup full of guys that know how to lay off the elevated fastball and get their pitch? Do you have a bunch of guys in an order that know how to mash lefties? Do you have a guy that uh, an entire lineup that knows how to hit at home? Do you have a entire lineup that knows how to hit on the road and is okay enough to win games at home that's an identity do mm. they have any of those i th- i think the answer's I, no. no right I, now I, they I, don't i think i think ben i think ben was right the the identity is um <laughs> the identity is to be determined because the identity changes if vladdy springer and alejandro kirk have good years then your identity changes to to me your identity is almost what vladdy Gives you if Vladdy is the Vladdy he was when he was an MVP finalist, then you're talking about a team that's got an offensive identity. If you have Vladdy of last year, then you're kind of what did you call them last year? The most boring 89 win team in baseball. Yeah, you know, pretty well because of the way the Yankees are much better than what the Orioles have done. The Rays, the Rays, and the Red Sox, you would think are not going to be atrocious. They're going to be probably a little yeah. bit better than, I, than people think they're going to be. Oh, oh, you know, I don't you, know, now man. you could talk about them being the most boring 84 or 85 win team in baseball. That's the difference, right? This is what I said, urgency early in camp to see guys turn the corner. That's all you want. Like, like you watch all these other good teams on the MLB network or any other place you go to watch teams in spring training. They destroy 
fastballs. Mm. Like are destroying them. Do you see the Jays do that? That's all I'm saying. Like, that's the urgency. I'm not saying you get 15 hits a game and and score 30 runs a game. I'm not saying that. But look like you're supposed to be really good at what you're supposed to be good at. And right now, I mean, I see dudes that get fastballs down the middle and 2-0 counts and jam themselves to hit singles to center. I That's the thing, right? And they got real lucky. You've said this. A lot of people have said this with the rotation last year being real healthy and getting 30 starts from four dudes. You really think that's going to happen? That's why you need to make up for it in other spots. Do they have a good lineup? Yeah. They got some guys like you mentioned who have come back to a little bit of what they are, and you could say it out loud. Kirky, you know, 800 OPS. Jansen played 90 games. Vladdy, we say it to her blue in the face. Mm-hmm. George Springer, 30 and 90. Bo gets 200 bazillion hits. He's probably know he's going to do that. Turner's going to be better with runners and scoring positions because he's going to get those at bats other than the Chapmans and the Varshas of the world. So they are going to be a little bit better in those situations, but it's what the other teams have done. Yeah. Now you have to do more than you were expected to do. That's the whole point in all this, and I think that's the urgency. You know, the you made an interesting point, too, about Springer, something I thought about. We've talked about how the Jays were so healthy with their pitching last year, and it's probably, it would be surprising if that continues. I think it also bothers me a bit that George Springer had one of the healthiest years of recent years in his career, and did not have a good year offensively by his standards. Like that's the thing. The one thing that scares me about George Springer is he played a lot last year and it wasn't the type of year he wants. You know, it's a different thing. If a guy plays 103 games and doesn't have the year he wants, you go, well, okay. But I mean, George Springer was healthy. I don't yeah. know if he's ever going to be healthier than he was last year. That That's what concerns me about, uh, about George Springer is I saw him at his healthiest. A lot of things got to go right. The American League East for me is better than it was last year. Oh, I, oh, it's I, better. I can't can't disagree. With you. Like, the, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that the Red Sox that there isn't a bigger drop off there than people think. But um, I think you got to score runs against them to beat them. How's that? Because yeah, they're going to score runs against you. I will agree with that. Uh, that is it for us. Don't forget, six thirty-five tonight is first pitch. The Jays and the New York Yankees. We will be back on Monday from eleven to two, uh, eleven to noon Eastern on Sportsnet five ninety, the Fan at Sportsnet. As always, you can catch us via podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball, and we'll talk on Monday.